When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let me tell you about something about Anchor. If you ever want to start your own podcast or create your own podcast, Anchor makes it really easy. First of all, it's absolutely free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more popular platforms. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All gas, no brakes. And welcome into the Now We Have Liftoff New York Jets podcast. And of course, I'm your host, John June, and of course, with me, my guy, Frank Jim Piccolo. Frank, what is good, man? Man, I'm feeling extra fresh today, my man. Extra fresh. We had to, like, look in the mirror before we sat down and hit record, because we are officially on YouTube now, our very first episode that is on YouTube. And of course, if you're if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, then you know we're obviously still a podcast, but you could check us out on YouTube if you like. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and uh, make sure you follow us on all the social media platforms where now we have liftoff on Instagram or liftoff underscore NYJ on Twitter. Um, and then I'm at JR Football Nerd on Twitter and Instagram. Frankie is at Frankie Bots on Twitter at Frankie G53 on Instagram. But Frank, man, how are we feeling, brother? You know, we're July 11th as we record this. Uh, you know, we're we're about a month out from training camp and preseason. So, you know, how are we feeling? Man, I feel like I got ants in my pants. I just can't wait for football to get here and us to really start seeing how this team is going to unfold, especially after that 2-14 disaster of a year that we had last year, bro. Yeah, man, last year was definitely not fun to go through as a Jets fan. But, hey, look, we have Joe Douglas. We have Robert Sala. Uh, they put this young roster together, led by a young quarterback, Zach Wilson. So we're feeling we're feeling good about it. Um, you know, today, obviously, we're doing our positional breakdowns. Last, last episode, we did wide receivers and tight ends. The episode before that, we did quarterbacks. This episode, this episode is about them big uglies, them off the offensive line. So we're we're gonna cover that today. But before we get into that, there's just a little bit of news. There's not much. There's this is a slow period, the dead period between now uh, and training camp. And so the only bit of news is that the Jets and Marcus May's representation have until July 15th. That is this coming Thursday to negotiate a long-term deal. Otherwise, he will be playing on the franchise tag in 2021. Frank, any thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I've been saying it all along that I don't think the Jets should sign Marcus May to a long-term deal. Uh, I was actually going to touch on that when we talked about defensive backs in our positional breakdown a little down the road. But um, my feeling would be franchise tag him this year, franchise tag him next year, and then let him walk. You know, he's just a little too long in the tooth for to give that type of capital into a uh, safety. Yeah, I mean, if you look at how defenses are structured or teams are structured from a cap perspective, there's not a lot of money put in the safety position. And and so you look at Joe Douglas and his coaching or his his organization and, you know, his top lieutenants in the front office, how they probably approach that position is probably with a similar mindset. So, you know, I think letting Marcus May play out a one-year deal on the franchise tag makes sense for the Jets. Probably doesn't make sense if you're Marcus May because – Obviously, like you mentioned, the age is a factor, and Marcus May knows that. Um, if you're the Jets, it, it makes sense to let him play out the one-year deal, let him go hit the open market um, and test it out that way. But Marcus May is probably looking for some, long, for some long-term security. So maybe there's a possibility they can work something out, maybe something like a three-year deal where it's incentive-laden but very front-heavy in the first two years and gives the Jets some flexibility in the third year. So, you know, sort of what like what Joe Douglas has done with a lot of these contracts that they've done thus far anyway. So um, I think that's all we got, though, in terms of that, Frank, unless you had anything else to add. Nope. So let's move on to the big uglies, man, the offensive line, Frank. And I know this is a position that obviously – you know, we both played it a little bit. In, I know I played it a little bit in high school. I, I'm not. I was not. Never really consider myself an offensive lineman. But that's something that you really, you know, you really, you really are um, passionate about it, and it's something that you really stake claim to, Frank. So why don't you talk about what the offensive line position means to you? Yeah, no doubt. I, I love the offensive line. I played center from probably the first year of Pop Warner all the way until I was a senior in high school and I wasn't, I just, I just wasn't big enough to play um, center at the uh, collegiate level. But um, I had a, I had a great high school football coach and he always had, he came up with this lineman prayer and it was, we work the hardest, we're known the least, but for we are the reason, amen. And that just goes, that just goes into what offensive linemen think about themselves and how they affect the, the whole team, not just, you know, the offensive side of the ball, but the defensive side of the ball. Because if you think about it, if the if the offensive line isn't playing well, the offense usually is going to be having a lot of three and outs, which means the defense is going to be tired. And so during those third and fourth pe- fourth periods, that they're not going to have time to um, play uh, defense well. So it all mixes in, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think when you have a strong offensive line that's able to not only, you know, be effective in the pass game, but also be effective in the run game. That really helps, right? Because, you know, when you're able to not only protect the quarterback to get a lead, um, but then also once you get that lead, you're able to just put bodies on people and wear them out in the third, fourth quarter, uh, running, the, running the rock so you can you can maintain that lead, right? And, and keep that uh, that defense, keep your defense fresh, keep it on the sideline, uh, and, you know, have keeping that other offense on the sideline as well. So I think it all goes hand in hand. You know, all these position groups have a job to do to help the team have success. 
on game day. So let's start with the big man on the left side because when Joe Douglas got here, he said he was going to be building this team through the offensive and the defensive lines. And so he he did not lie when he said that. His The very first draft pick that he, he made as the New York Jets general manager with the 11th overall pick, selecting Makai Becton, the left tackle out of Louisville, 6'7", 363 pounds, just an absolute behemoth of a man, and he's stupid athletic. I believe he ran 5-1 in the 40-yard dash. Uh, didn't have a, a rest of a workout there with the combine, you know, after suffering a hamstring injury, I think, during one of his 40s. But the guy is just has freakish athleticism. And I think in this offensive scheme, this West Coast offense, this wide zone scheme, he's somebody that gets compared a lot to uh, current San Francisco 49er left tackle and former Washington football team left tackle Trent Williams. Uh, that comp comes out a lot because you've got two guys that are huge men that have gr- great athleticism and in a scheme that calls for movement skills, you know, you're probably not looking to these two guys as the left tackles, but when you watch them move and you see how, how well they fit into the scheme, it's got to be awesome. Frank, what are you thinking about Makai and what are your expectations for year two? I think first and foremost, he's got to stay healthy. That's, you know, the best ability is availability. So he's got to figure out a way to stay on the field. And if he stays on the field, there's no reason why he shouldn't be an all-pro. First-team all-pro. He's got the size, the athleticism. He's got that angry offensive line mentality that you want. Like, he just wants to put guys in the dirt on every play, and he relishes that. And I think that's huge. I I think offensive line in general want to do that, and that's – I think that's what's going to make this difference in this wide zone scheme because you don't see a lot of offensive linemen have that mentality in that wide zone scheme. You know, that's normally that one-on-one gap man block scheme where you're trying to put guys on their back. But if you could put guys on your back and go to the second level on this wide zone, this offense could be dangerous. Yeah, and I think Makai definitely brings that. I mean, he was recently rated by ESPN the a top 10 offensive tackle. I think it was number six, if I'm not mistaken, that he was ranked. Um, Somebody even had him as high as number two, uh, an expert did. So, you know, Makai Becton, year two, I think the sky's the limit. Like you said, he's got to stay healthy. That's the big key for him. So we'll see what happens. But I think he will. uh, You know, I know he, you know, he works hard. He's down with uh, Duke Mannyweather right now as we speak was with him and Brian Baldinger getting some work in. So, uh, you know, definitely excited for what Makai Becton can bring. And then let's just slide from the left to the right, man. And you, the next guy that comes in, Elijah Vera Tucker. Again, Joe Douglas in two years, two consecutive years, has drafted more offensive linemen than – than Mike McCagnan in the first two rounds than, than Mike McC- or than any other Jets general managers have combined over the last decade. So just marinate on that for a second. When you think about not only did Joe Douglas come in here and say that he was going to invest in this offensive and this defensive line, but he actually does it. So Elijah Vera Tucker trading up to get the 14th, trading up from 23 to 14 overall to go get him 6'5", 308, 
out of the University of South California, Southern California, sorry, USC. But Elijah Vera Tucker brings in, you know, another uh, brings in some movement skills there at, on the left side to to be a a co-pilot there for Makai Becton. You know, we talked about Elijah Vera Tucker before the season, uh, before we hit draft season, in terms of this guy's a perfect fit. You know, we didn't think he'd be there at 23, and apparently from everything we saw during the flight plan 2021 docu-series, the Jets knew that he wouldn't be there at 23 either, and they sent they spent the capital sending two-thirds and their 23rd overall pick to go up and get Elijah Vera Tucker. I think they even got a pick back in return for that. Frank, what are your thoughts on Elijah Vera Tucker and, you know, the potential impact he can make in year in, in 2021? Well, I think it's going to be a huge upgrade right off the bat, right? You know, our offensive line was um, pretty hard last year between McGovern, Lewis, Van Roten. Uh, I think that having Vera Tucker here is really going to solidify this left side of the line and should improve the play of Connor McGovern because he's not going to be asked to do as much. And I think that's really key here is, not having Connor McGovern feel like he's got to be a superhero out there. Yeah, I think that's huge. Um, and obviously, like you talked about, Elijah Vera Tucker next to Makai Becton, next to Connor McGovern, that those two guys right there doing what they do in Becton and Elijah Vera Tucker, that they help Connor McGovern and they could then Connor McGovern can maybe help out on the right side a little bit as well. So glad you talked about McGovern. Let's talk about McGovern a little bit. He's, you know, 6'4", 306, signed a contract to come over from the Denver Broncos. Wasn't all that great in 2020, but obviously, like we talked about, the guard play on either side of him wasn't was below average. So that's obviously going to have an impact on his play. Um, and so, you know, we look at 2021 and I think Connor McGovern will be a better player. Like we've talked about, what are about, what are your thoughts about Connor McGovern, Frank? Frank, you're muted. You got to do some push-ups for that, bro, or something, man. You're muted. <laughs> yeah, I owe you a beer on that. But I think as Jet fans, uh, we kind of been, um, I don't want to say lucky because we definitely haven't been lucky, but we've been at the center position. You look at 1998. Yeah, there you go. We were spoiled. In 1998, the Jets brought over Kevin Mawai, and he was an all-pro center, Hall of Famer, until the Jets drafted Nick Mangold in 2006, and they had another all-pro, Pro Bowl center until 2018. But after that, it's kind of been dreadful. Like, the center play has been absolutely horrid. And it's hard to tell if that's because the rest of the offensive line has been horrid. But I'm interested to see what um, McGovern can do now that he's got a competent offensive line around him. He's a tough tough weight room player. but sometimes he doesn't play with that strength. So that that could be a problem, but he's got Vera Tucker next to him, so he shouldn't need to be doubling that that left side. We just got to – that right guard 
is going to be the weak spot of this offensive line, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, definitely the right guard is a weakness. And, you know, we, we know Greg Van Roten and and Cam Clark potentially and Dan Feeney are probably guys, uh, as well as Alex Lewis, are probably all guys that I'll be competing for that right guard spot. You know, I think as fans, we really want it to be Cam Clark because, you know, if anybody – I don't know how many people were watching North Carolina, Green Greensboro or Greenville, whatever school that was that Cam Clark went to. Forgive me, Cam, if you're listening. But, you know, Cam Clark was a monster of a man. And you just after watching Makai Becton and then seeing the, them spend capital in Cam Clark, we just as Jet fans just had this idea of like putting them both on the left side together when obviously now we know that's not going to happen because Elijah Vera Tucker is going to be on the left, but we have this hope still that, Hey, maybe Cam Clark could be on the, can be on the right. So I'm still excited about Cam Clark. He's this unknown and, you know, we won't know anything really until the pads come on and training camp comes, comes around or, uh, you know, preseason comes around as well. But I think that's who, that's the guy Jets fans all want it to be. I think in reality, it'll probably be Greg Van Roten. Um, Less than exciting, but, you know, with the right with the right tackle spot, getting an upgrade as well, you know, and, you know, obviously people talk have talked about George Fant. You and I don't think that that's going to happen. You know, it could probably happen in Madden, but not here. It's not it's not going to happen. So, um, you know, I don't I don't think I'm not even going to really entertain that thought. But what are your what are your thoughts about this right guard competition, Frank? I'm right on board with you. I think it's probably going to be Van Roten. Um, and I, I share the same sentiments about Cam Clark. I wish he could be that person, but uh, I'm, I'm just not sure that he fits into this scheme to begin with. Uh, but going to Van Roten, he's like an average guard, doesn't have a good bend, doesn't have a good first step, but he should be able to play adequately enough playing next to Morgan Moses. Yeah, I I think playing with Morgan Moses, you know, playing between Morgan Moses and Connor McGovern, who's probably going to be playing better because of what's happening on the left side with him. I think that should help uh, Greg Van Roten be a better player in 2021. And I think this offensive scheme is going to be better. I mean, Greg Van Roten even talked about it. You know, they're not going to be having the quarterback doing five to seven step drops. You know, they'll be rolling out the pocket. You know, there will be some play action that goes on. You know, Greg Van Roten actually talked about the impact of having the run game married with the play action and how that helps out the offensive line. So, you know, I think just even as a player to have confidence in what you're doing and what you're being asked to do is going to be huge for your psyche. That's going to be huge for your preparation from week to week. And so I think that even that alone from a morale standpoint is going to upgrade this offensive line. And then another aspect about this offensive line that I think hasn't been, maybe it has, maybe it's been talked about, but it's just maybe it's something that we, you know, we didn't always have as Jet fans is the amount of depth that there is on this offensive line. Right. And I think you look at, you know, signing Morgan Moses allows George Fant, who, 
coming into this season, we all, I mean, you and I, Frank, looked as somebody who was probably a really good fit for this scheme and somebody that was going to play well in it. Um, and so Morgan Moses, we obviously, we talked about him last week. Um, you know, we talked about his signing and what it could do for this offensive line, maybe potentially making it a top 16, top 15 unit, uh, potentially even higher, depending on what happens at the, you know, the guard spot. But George Fant, his ability here to be the swing tackle, potentially just fill in for on the left side if Makai Becton unfortunately goes down, but also fill in on the right if something were to happen there. I think he gives them some flexibility there. What do you think about the overall depth of, of the offensive line position? And what do you think about, um, you know, George Fant? I love George Fan. I was really high on him going into the season without the signing of Morgan Moses. I thought that he would play really well in this scheme because he's very athletic and he can um, move well with his um, lateral movement. And that's exactly what you want in this scheme. But the Jets have... Just like we talked about for the wide receivers, they almost have position for for position depth. You know, when you talk about Feeney, Alex Lewis, Cam Clark, you know, I I think the Jets will be okay if someone goes down for a short period of time where they they could nitpick of who who they want to put in there. No, I totally agree. I think that they have, you know, like you said, between between Fant, Feeney, Clark, even Adoga, um, you know, I think they have a, somebody who can be the backup for every position on the team, or maybe multiple positions, Alex Lewis. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely agree with that sentiment there. Um, Frank, do we have anything else on the offensive line? You know, what are your – do you have any predictions for the offensive line? You know, what kind of impact will, they, will the, the offensive line as a whole have? on this roster or on this team in 2021. You owe me two beers now. <laughs> I got to get used to this whole uh, seeing you in person thing. But um, I think, I think they're just going to be better, right? Like <clears throat> last year was so hard all around the world, uh, all around the team that, Oh, it felt like the world to me. But I just think that the team has nowhere to go but up. And I think with the addition of Vera Tucker, with the addition of Moses, with the addition of Feeney, I just think like those type of not just football players, but the atmosphere and the type of people that they are, that they play with so much enthusiasm, coupled with Salah's enthusiasm and Flores' enthusiasm. I think it's going to be exciting to watch. Yeah, I think that's that's a good point. And the other the other thing I think is interesting is that it's not just the offensive line that got upgraded, right? It's the offensive line that got upgraded. It's the running back situation that I got that got upgraded. It's the wide receivers that got upgraded. It's the play calling that's getting an upgrade. And so when you look at how many things are getting upgraded, it's the like again, we've talked about it before, but it's the aggregation of these marginal gains. If you can get better at every little spot, 
right? You get better at left guard. You get you get slightly better at right tackle. You know, you get slightly better at right guard. Now your offensive line just got better, and then you're getting better at wide receiver, and you're getting better at all these other positions. Now your offense is getting better, right? And that helps your defense out by not putting them in poor situations. And your special teams might even get better because now you have more depth on your roster. And so all of this is going to lead. Again, we've talked about it. I think the off, I think Morgan Moses alone. We talked we talked about it last week. Probably adds one or two games to this team, and I think that when you see what the, all the moves that the Jets have made, that's the reason why, right? Because all of these aggregations of these marginal gains are leading this team to pulling out these these wins. Because again, Adam Gase and this coaching staff were absolutely terrible last year terrible they're probably worth like negative four wins right so <laughs> frank is saying negative seven for our li- for our listeners that, that aren't watching on youtube negative seven wins according to frank so like you have to just have optimism look there's not i'm not saying the jets are going to be a playoff team I'm not saying that they'll be competing for a wild card it'd be nice that if november december you know when they put the little graphic up you know uh you know, in the you know leading the division in the wild card spot in the hunt, and you see the Jets are in the hunt. That'll be really nice to see November and December after the last two years that we've had. But you know, we'll talk more about this obviously as we continue these positional breakdowns. Frank, I believe if I'm not wrong, if I'm not wrong, in two weeks we're covering the defensive line. Is that correct? So yeah, we're. Yeah, we're covering the D line, and I'm I'm pretty amped about that. Also, I just I love all the big uglies. Give me the offensive line and D line all day, baby. Yeah, you know what? It's funny. Uh, I'm not. I won't. I will never consider myself an offensive line person, but I just love defense in general. Being a defender, being you know, I, obviously Frank, you know some of my background, uh, coaching some some de- being a defensive coordinator in high school and some semi pro ball. So just defense is just something that I'm really. I really enjoy. I really enjoy the strategy of it, uh, you know. So, just this whole series that we're doing, but the defensive line having it be probably, you know, we've talked about this before, a little teaser here, but the strongest unit on this roster, <laughs> like <laughs> hands down, by far, by far. <laughs> so that's going to be a fun. That's going to be a fun position group to break down. Frank, do you have anything else before? We get out of here, man. Nah, man. I I think we're good. I just want to thank everybody for tuning in and giving us a chance. Yeah, definitely appreciate you all for taking the time to listen to us, watching us on YouTube. Like, this is nuts that we're on YouTube right now. Frank and I still have to have some uh, adjustment there mentally. But, you know, you get used to seeing our faces, uh, get used to seeing me, you know, with my beard all uh, done up and whatnot. I'll have my oils in and whatnot for you, for all you out there watching, but definitely appreciate you all. Definitely have appreciated just your support, uh, following us, sharing our content, watching our content, um, just continue to support us. And, you know, we'll continue to put out the best content that we can. And so we love you. We appreciate you. And uh, yeah, we're out of here. Peace.